Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in uh, Cody Rourke. He's our Broncos insider from MileHighSports.com. How are you, Cody? Tell you what, Eric, feeling really good. You know, uh, got to see a lot of good football, a nice, decent red zone period for the Broncos offense today, and things were cooking. Well, not early on because Nathaniel Hackett wasn't happy with his guys. And that's where I really want to start this, where some have wondered, because, you know, Hackett is a slappy on the back, a real friendly guy, gets close to his players. Will he be able to drop the hammer when he needs to? I think we saw a little bit of that today, don't you think, early on? Yeah, and I think that was actually, it felt like that was something the team needed, right? Especially, you know, everything's been exciting. There's been a lot of energy. Hackett's been very positive. But, you know, when the pads come on, nothing usually goes fully according to plan. And it kind of gives you a really good simulation as to what you'll deal with sometimes on Sundays. It was good to see that uh, from him because you want to see that in your head coach. And I think a lot of people are wondering, like, if the Broncos were to go on a losing streak ever, what would his approach be? I feel like this is it. You know, players I've spoken to have said that he does know he treats you like a man. Like he has the ability to flip that switch and he'll love you up afterwards. But, you know, he's not shy of being able to give criticism and to be hard on guys when they're not picking something up. The test is when you lose three in a row, too. Today you wrote about Sertan and Sutton going up against each other. I really enjoyed that story. Could you talk about the challenge of writing that story when you're not really being able to be completely on top of it? Yeah, you know, the the thing is, there's only certain things you're allowed to report, but, you know, I think just out of the general competition standpoint, in terms of just reps, like these two guys have been battling so far throughout camp. I mean, uh, Patrick Sertan was named our Mile High Sports Broncos training camp player of the week in week one. Very impressive week, but there was there was one point where even like the defensive players, there was a, a deep pass attempt by Russell Wilson to Corlin Sutton that Sertan just came and knocked away. And everybody on the defense is like, when are you guys going to stop testing him? Why do you guys <laughs> even try? Like, that's what it was. But a lot of people were wondering, like, is that something that's going to impact Cortland's confidence? And, you know, Eric, you and I were talking off the side, like, that's good. It's going to make Cortland better. It's going to make Patrick Sertan better. But then we did see it in that red zone period, first play. It was a fade ball, and Cortland Sutton beat Sertan in coverage, scored a touchdown there. Like, that is that's, I think, what we want out of this battle. It's a heavyweight fight, and, and these guys, they have a lot of love and respect for each other. But, I mean, they're making each other better, and I think ultimately it's going to make the team better. I just want to add something to the Nathaniel Hackett stuff. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is afraid to get in your kitchen, but what he does differently than a Bill Parcells or guys who are considered to be hard-nosed type of coaches, those guys will yell at you, yell at you, yell at you, and then walk away making you feel badly. 
I think when Nathaniel Hackett, he will get in your kitchen, but he will always walk away from the conversation, leaving you with something positive, kind of similar to, you know, when you get married, one piece of advice that, you know, are you you married? Not yet, but we're uh, we're getting ready to be. No, I don't I don't I don't know what kind of taste she has in men, but that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. I, I'll kick my coverage on this one. You know, everybody says that. I'll 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 be the judge of that. I'm sure she. I, I you know what? Now that I think about it, knowing you the way that I know you, you could bring in anybody, and you've outkicked your coverage. Amen. Yep, <clears throat> that's what I've been told growing up, so I'm sticking with it. Well, me too. Um, with that. He, he leaves you on a positive note. He wants to encourage you. He doesn't mind getting in your kitchen. But I want, and I'm talking about Hackett, but I want to spin this to Russell Wilson. I think you had told me you've been covering the Broncos for five years. Were you here during the Manning era? Uh, I was not, unfortunately. Oh. I, was not, I was not in Colorado at that point. So, no, I didn't. But I, I even, like, there was a time I even saw Peyton was that guy. Like, that's exactly who Peyton was. Well, Peyton, and, and Peyton that's... On, live TV cursed out Julius Thomas on air. Like, I, I'll never forget that. Well, it's bigger than that. I want to go back to practice today because we watched Manning at practice. And, and the best way I could put it is if you're a wide receiver and you run a seven-and-a-half-yard post route, and it's supposed to be eight yards, Manny would probably get in your kitchen, right? And then say we're running this five to ten more times until we get it right. We haven't seen that type of accountability since Manning retired. It's nice to see it with Wilson with what happened with Cortland Sutton on a route today, right? Yeah, I mean, after that period during special teams, they went off in the red zone and they were working on that play in terms of getting the timing, the, just the splits, you know, if he's on the ball, if he's off the ball, being able to work that. I can't, I don't want to say what the route was because I want to give that away, but they were working on that until they got it right, until they got the timing right, the feel for it. And Corden's first step to be able to move to make that route be what it was, Russell Wilson getting on the same page with him. You love to see that. That means that they're trying to be on the same page. And when you can do that, you can get on the same page. You know how a guy likes things, certainly, you know, in terms of the route combinations. Then you don't have to worry about it in the regular season. You can almost look at each other. You can give a signal, and you can know, okay, hey, this is the route that I'm going to run. And then they ran that same exact play once they started up the, the second part of the scrimmage to Corlett. So it was good to kind of see that work out there. That has not been there, like you mentioned, yeah, since Peyton. Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffith have been getting the first team reps at inside linebacker. Cody, you've been really high on Griffith. Why? Well, just the, his instincts. Now, one thing I watch and I know from coaching is that linebackers, their first read is to read the guard. You know, that's how they determine whether or not it's going to be a run or whether it's going to be a pass. The guards are usually the key to giving it away. Uh, so for him, he's been reading it very instinctually on run. He's feeling he's attacking downhill. Uh, when it's a play to the outside, he's taking the appropriate 45-degree angle that accounts for not getting too far out there because if the guy cuts back and he's not there, well, now you have a big inside gain there. So he's playing it to where he's playing the cutback really, really well. And then also in pass coverage, he's just he's opening his first move. He's got good hips, good footwork, and he understands where he's going. And so once he opens up to where, you know, if they're in zone, he's dropping to his zone, he's locating the nearest threat, and then he's impeding the progress there. I think he's done a really good job of that. And I, I haven't really seen anybody else at linebacker in the other units, the second or third team defense, do anything to remotely challenge him. I think that's solely his job. 
at the linebacker spot next to Josie. And Josie had a really nice athletic play here today at practice as well on the crossing pattern, was able to rise up a little bit taller than I've ever seen Josie get, knocked the ball down and forced an incompletion and then landed on the ground. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be those two guys, if they're the starters, they'll be huge for the Broncos this season. If they can stay healthy, it'll help their prospects, I think, on being maybe a top-five run defense if they can stay healthy because we go back to Jonas. And he started the final four games of the Broncos in 2021. He had 40 tackles in four games. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, I like his instincts so far. He's picking it up at a faster pace, and the coaches are super impressed with him. Well, in line with that, your, your Mile High Sports compatriot, Lindsey, wrote about asking whether the Broncos should sign Joe Schober to compete an inside linebacker spot. What, what do you think about that? I feel like that wouldn't be for a starting job. That's more so like that back-end depth because right now, you know, I've seen Justin Sternot. I think he's made a couple of plays in camp. Right. But, you know, outside of that, there's three guys there. I haven't seen much from Alex Singleton, uh, to be honest with you. I haven't seen many plays from him, and I don't know if that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Uh, but maybe for them, they're, they really want a little bit more security because they were. I mean, they lost Josie. They lost Alexander Johnson in the span of, of two weeks within each other. And then they couldn't figure out their linebacker depth. They played an undrafted guy against the Browns, and they let Dearness Johnson run off for almost 200 yards in that game. Uh, and they just really had an issue at the linebacker position with depth when their main guys went out. So I just think they're really trying to be in a point where they can get enough quality depth that they don't have to worry about if a guy goes down. They're not stressing, pulling their hair out, trying to find options off the street. Well, it's really the simple. Who do you think is better at covering tight end, Schobert or Griffith? Griffith easily. Then you he don't bring in Schobert. Then you don't bring in Schobert. That's it. Nope. And if you do, so. to your point, you only bring him in as a backup. That's it. Yep. Spot on there. And, and you know, look, you know, he had a Pro Bowl season in 2017. You know, he's been a consistent leading tackler on defense. He's had over 100 tackles in the last so odd seasons. But you know, for him, is is he the best guy for the job? Does he elevate the Broncos' defense? Can he do what the Broncos want him to do against some of these teams who can pass and like to attack the middle of the field? I don't think he can. I think Jonas gives them the best chance at that. By the way, I'm going to respectfully disagree, although although you made a great choice. You could easily make the case that Pat Sertan was the player of the week at training camp because I think we see him more because yeah. Wilson targets him, right? But quietly, you don't go after a Justin Simmons, meaning he's not covering guys, so you don't see him as much. That's, that's why safety for lack of a better phrase, seems a little bit more undervalued than cornerback, right? But every no. time but, but every time the ball goes in Justin Simmons' direction, something bad happens for the offense. No, spot on. And I think that one play that he had in coverage against Jerry Judy downfield last week is a prime example. You know, we're going to see a lot more of the cornerback receiver matches because it's isolated, it's on the outside, or it could be short to intermediate. The safety position is usually the last line of defense on the defense. And, yeah, Justin Simmons quietly. I mean, we can call him the silent assassin. That's already somebody else's name. Oh, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> he's not an assassin. He, he's, he's an interception machine. He's, he he's the best outfielder in He's the best outfielder in the NFL. That's what he is. Yeah. But he's not I an mean, assassin. Mookie, Mookie Betts would uh, definitely not hold a candle to uh, Justin Simmons on the back end. They, so, you know, we'll, they, we'll go there. They put on the pads tomorrow. How much are they going to pop? And by that, I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm asking how, how much will they ease into working pads and how much will they just go? 
Um, I, I think there's going to be a fair amount of contact tomorrow because obviously you want to get the acclimation process. They went pretty hard today with the shells. They'll go a little bit hard tomorrow and then Wednesday. I can almost guarantee we'll probably get another jog through with the pads on. So it'll be kind of a lighter pace there, but it'll still have the presence of having the weight of the shoulder pads on you, the helmet, uh, the knee pads, the thigh pads, and also, you know, in a very underrated part two, the mouthpiece. That's something <laughs> that needs to be worn consistently once the pads come on. And, and tell me if you disagree, but I think if you're going to go out to camp tomorrow and you're going to watch it, the one thing that you should look for, is because there's been no reason to look for it leading up to tomorrow, is Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Those guys are finally going to get hit. Let's see how they look. You know, spot on, too. And I think for, for Melvin, you know, can he continue to maintain the good vision he's displayed so far in OTA so far through the early parts of camp? For Javante, can he get through the first hole, the first line of contact without running into, you know, a defender or running into the back of his teammate? I know that's something vision-wise I think we're all looking forward to seeing with Javante with the pads when the defense is actually popping him up and standing him up. I agree with you. I think those are going to be huge for this team going into tomorrow's practice. I want to cut you loose, but I want to ask you something really quickly. Okay, I don't think any any reasonable person who understands Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon looking at you know their careers so far and understands you know by watching them play, Javante Williams is great at breaking tackles, but the problem is he doesn't have the same vision as Melvin Gordon and that's why he is forced to break so many tackles. Is that an unfair statement? Because I think if Javante Williams' vision gets better, A, I don't want him hit that much, but I would rather him miss somebody, break a tackle on the second level, then see what happens. But he's got a long way to go to catch up to Melvin Gordon on his vision, and I think that's one reason why they kept Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, and I think that's a spot-on critique of his game. I think that's something when you look at it last year is can he improve in his vision? And I think that's why we see a lot of Melvin Gordon in the red zone uh, the last couple of years right. and why we may see a little bit more of it this year. You know, it's not a knock against Javante. It's something we believe he can get better at. I know the coaches believe he can get better at. It's just something that's going to have to come with more reps, more experience. And, and I think that Melvin is a great guy to have in that room for him to kind of learn that from, if anything. So... It's something I think that Javante should tackle as a challenge this upcoming season. Thanks so much. Uh, don't forget to check out Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider on MileHighSports.com. Cody, I will uh, see you at practice tomorrow. So will Terry. He's going to show up, too. I love pods, pads popping. Looking forward to it. All right. See you, Cody. Have a good day. You, too. Coming up after the break, had a nice conversation with Pat Sertan. What is the difference between this year and last year, and what does he make? of all of the accolades he is getting nationally. His answer might surprise you. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com.
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about a great place to go in Westminster in the Orchard Town Center. Talking about Windfall Brewing Company. Talking about having something for everyone. For starters, it's Windfall Brewing Company. They have 17 craft brews on tap. Menu, unbelievable. It is not bar food. I wouldn't even call it upscale bar food. It is a five-star menu. Why do I say that? Well, their executive chef used to be the sous chef at Shanahan's. That's all I need to say. Everything is great off that menu, and your kids are going to love it, too, and I'll tell you why. Because they have 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tee, all the old-time arcade games. So it has something for everyone. And then on Saturday nights, they have live music right outside of their patio, 6 till 8, Grab a brew, grab some steak tacos, and you'll have a great time at Windfall Brewing Company in the Orchard Town Center. Go check it out. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Well, Cody Work was just on the show, our Broncos insider on MileHighSports.com, and he deemed Pat Sertan the Broncos player of the week in training camp. I had a chance to catch up with the second-year pro who is getting a lot of accolades nationally. Here's our conversation. So how do you feel camp's gone so far? Uh, it's going well. Um, first day at Pats, um, flying around, um, a lot of contact being made. Um, you know, So it was a very exciting day today. How much has everything slowed down for you from your rookie year up until now? Um, it slowed down um, efficiently. Um, I'm, I'm starting to gain more knowledge each and every day coming into practice. Um, learning more, progressing more in the film room, um, that helps too. And also, you know, just coming out here and competing at a high level every day with the guys. So I feel like I'm growing each and every day, you know. There are guys that will say, I don't read what the media says. I don't care what the media says. You're getting a lot of positive publicity. Do you read that stuff? Are you aware of it? Uh, I'm aware of it. Um, you know, I get told that sometimes, but I don't feed into it, you know, because at the end of the day, um, all the off-season hype, like I said, all the media stuff, uh, it could be rat poison. And if you show, the, show to your focus towards that, you know, you could lose lose that extra uh, hard work, that extra dedication. So my main focus is, you know, competing at a high level and doing, playing my best game for the team, you know, so... Focusing on the right things and not focusing on that yeah. makes certain sense. There, there, there's a great saying that the devil always gets you when you're at your highest, yeah. right? But with that, at times, does it make you feel kind of good that people feel that way about you as outsiders? Oh, yeah, it feel good. If, if they, um, they see me at that level, um, you know, they put me at such a high status, you know, you just got to embrace it. But at the same time, you got to understand that all that doesn't matter as long as you, you got to show up and prove it each and every day. So, um, like I said, it's, it's pretty good. It's great. But at the same time, you got to come out here and compete and don't worry about the outside noise and the politics and all that because all that stuff could get in your head and become rat poison. You don't want to feed into it that much. So, No knock on Teddy or Drew, but how much better has Russell made you as a cornerback because you know he is almost always going to be on point? Uh, you see it every day. Um, this man, his... His leadership at that, like what he does for the team all around as a collective whole, 
you know, he inspires guys, keep guys going on the field. Um, you can see the offense rally through him. You know, he's leading those guys each and every day. Um, and you can see it all around. It's sort of like a jail, a sense of aura when uh, he's leading, he's commanding the huddle. So, you know, he's doing great and positive things so far, and he's making me better as a player as well. You go up against really good wide receivers yeah. here in practice. Mm -hmm. Cortland, obviously, yeah. Tim. Now let's talk about Jerry. You guys go way back. Is it more fun to beat your friend? Uh, me, me and Judy have been competing since high school, for real. Um, way back in South Florida when doing 7-on-7, seven seven, uh, the opening, all that stuff, you know. But, you know, us competing at a high level like this and getting on the stage, man, it's pretty dope because, you know, we knew what it take to get here, all the hard work we put in before. Um, but, you know, he's a hell of a player. He's going to be a high caliber status this year. You know, he's going to show out. You know, you see it on the field each and every day. You know, and with Russ at quarterback, you know, with the type of play big-time receivers he got around him, he's only going to get better each and every day. So, Nathaniel brought up a really good point. He goes, there's no point in playing seven-on-sevens because that's not real football. Yeah. How true is that? It's real. I mean, one thing about 7-on-7, seven seven, it's, it's good work technique-wise, but at the same time, it's not realistic because you got O-linemen and the D-linemen in front of you. I mean, but, you know, it's just all comes down to, you know, when you're in the pads, it's a whole different ball game, you know. So 7-on-7 seven seven is cool, you know, for the showcase and all, but with them pads come on and everybody's in the trenches, that's where you showcase the real ability, so... Excuse me for not knowing this. Are you a father yet? No, nah, no. Well, your dad used to play, watches you. I'd be willing to bet he reads every press clipping about you. Yeah. Seeing the excitement from your dad, I know what it means to him. I'm a father. Yeah. What does it mean to you seeing how excited your pops gets? Oh, man, it's, it's a dream come true, man, because just watching him playing, him watching me play, um, well, used to because now he coaching with the Dolphins, but you know he's still gonna watch me. But um, I just think it's an awesome and amazing feeling just seeing him, you know, come out and you know showcase his love towards me. You know his um, how much he cares about the work I put in. You know he's been there ever since way back as you know of. But you know he's been with me the whole way through. And, you know just getting to the stage and him making him proud. You know is something dope and awesome. I think it's a fascinating study in media and fan perception that a year ago, here's a guy who's picked ninth in the NFL draft who was, who was not, I won't say a victim, but he was being under a bright spotlight of doubt and skepticism. And, well, and well, he one, wasn't as a player. He was he was viewed with skepticism because everybody wanted the Broncos to draft Justin Jones Fields. Or Matt, not not Matt Mac Jones. Jones. Oh, no, no, no. No one should, no Broncos fan should go down the Mac Jones train because, or go down the Mac Jones trail. There isn't a Broncos fan that truly wanted Mac Jones. They wanted Justin Fields. If anyone's going to try and convince me they wanted Mac Jones I wanted over Mac Justin, Jones. you did, but you're not a Broncos fan. Okay. They wanted the flashy kid out of Ohio State. But those are the two quarterbacks who went within five, six picks of him. But most people wanted Justin Fields, yeah. not Mac Jones. So, yes, Conceded. George Payton, Sertan, and... And um, and fields will forever be linked. But haven't you found? I think it's an interesting study. The way almost the bandwagon perceptions we we all jumped, and I'm going to include myself in this. And now I'm getting to the serious part, so I'm going to conclude myself. Yep. In it, I know that that was the way it was a year ago. It was, and you know what? At the end of the day, if the Broncos draft Justin Fields, who's the quarterback <laughs> of this team? That's a good question. It Justin Fields. It wouldn't be Russell Wilson. It'd be Justin Fields, and they have Pat Sertan. 
It was a very smart pick because, quite frankly, I wasn't a fan. I told this to Andrew. Mm-hmm. I said, Andrew, I know you're high on Justin Fields. I am not. I was higher on Mac Jones, actually. But I like the pick of Pat Sertan. By the way, do you know where um, where uh, Sertan gets the phrase rat poison from? No. Let me read you a story because I remember when this happened. From Christmas Eve of last year. Nick Saban has preached about not wanting to hear the negative rat poison when it comes to his team being expected to win. As Alabama prepares for the college football playoff semifinal against Cincinnati, Saban elaborates on the differences between the two types of rat poison and explains which type the team is dealing with entering the college football playoff. Said Saban, the one where they are telling you that you are going to win. That's the type of rat poison I hate the most. The player's mindset becomes all we have to do is show up and play, and it usually doesn't work that way. The article goes on to say all of the talk of the two different types of rat poison is due to what happened before the SEC championship game against Georgia. Alabama was not favored to win that game, leading Saban to say that was yummy rat poison. Don't think for a minute that pro players are not greatly influenced by their college coach, specifically Nick Saban. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that uh, Patrick Sertan was paying attention. No question. Because you don't hear the word rat poison very much. When he said it to me, I'm thinking I think Saban said that. So I looked it up and that's what I found. Coming up after the break, man, a lot of people are very upset with the ruling that came down today on Deshaun Watson. Wait till you hear what the judge wrote. If your blood was boiling before, it is going to overflow onto the floor and out of your house. That's next. Summer. Do you remember? Do you remember when we met that summer? New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Well, this is by far and away the big story nationally today. Independent Judge Sue Robinson has given Deshaun Watson a six-game suspension without pay. Watson is going to lose $333,000. That's it. And I think it's fair to say the salary was made at $1 million this season in anticipation of this. So he's really not going to be losing anything. He's going to lose 0.14% of his $230 million contract. Your initial knee-jerk reaction would be that, well, maybe uh, they took into account that he sat out last year. Well, he got paid. That's, that's the most disgusting thing about this. 
He was forced to sit out last year, but he still got paid. Let me go on with this, okay? You want precedent here, okay? There's a lot of them. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, Ben Roethlisberger. They each got six games. In Watson's case, like Elliott and Roethlisberger, they lacked criminal charges. But I want to read you what Robinson wrote in her ruling. And it's kind of talking out of both sides of her mouth. She's a disciplinary officer, in effect, an arbitrator. Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. And then added, she also considered Watson's behavior as nonviolent sexual conduct in explaining the decision to suspend him six games. For the women who were violated, allegedly, um, I would say from their point of view, it was violent. Who are you to say that sexual assault in any way is not violent? It's not about what you think it's a judge. It's what about, it's how you feel as the alleged victim. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, and I hope I don't, but I'll just come out and say this. Just to lay right out on the line. If you believe that Deshaun Watson did not do what he is being accused of doing, then you also believe O.J. Simpson did not kill two people. And that's it. Don't bring race into this equation, by the way, because what Ben Roethlisberger did was beyond egregious, beyond egregious. And just because you are not convicted of criminal charges like O.J. Simpson doesn't mean you didn't do this. And it was sickening watching Cleveland Browns fans today line up for autographs and applaud him. Because if he played for another team, they'd be booing the hell out of him. The Browns, unfortunately, read it right. I mean, we were belittling them for actually trading for him, You giving up all those draft choices, just thinking he was going to be sitting out all this, all this year. You know, I don't know whether they had read the room and, and got a feel for uh, the way this might come out, but they ended up being right, and that's just disgusting. If, if you, I understand that it didn't work out for these victims in criminal court. And, the, and remember, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. That's what it is, beyond a reasonable doubt. But you don't have to be that bright to understand that over the course of a 13-month period, <laughs> if you have yeah. 64 different massage therapists, uh, I, over a 13-month span, I've never had 64 accountants. I've never had 64 doctors. I've never had 64 dentists. I've never had 64 radio partners. I haven't had 64 of anything except for maybe drinks and cigarettes over the course of a 13-month span. How'd you like to be Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley who's sitting out the entire season for gambling. all-time gambling? For gambling. In a, with, especially in a league now which embraces gambling. How about marijuana? Now, let's face it, some guys have had problems with it. And I get that. Robert Josh Cra Gordon. Robert Kraft, by the way, you can say is the wrong messenger for this, and that's fine, although I will respectfully disagree with you because the difference between Robert Kraft, who got a happy ending, and it was consensual, is different than what I believe to be the forced happy ending that Deshaun Watson encouraged, wanted, and forced. But Robert Kraft basically said, this is disgusting. 
that the NFL cannot do anything about this. And you know what? They might, because Roger Goodell might slap something else on him, and he should. Well, we'll see if they appeal by Thursday, too. I think that'll be probably not done. Probably just I hope it isn't. Here's the thing, and, and I and I appreciate unions. I do. Because sometimes management does its best to take advantage of employees, and I get that, and members of the union. But one area where all unions, all unions are delinquent in duty, although I understand their job is to defend members of the union. I get that. They defend guilty people when they know they're absolutely guilty, and it's pathetic. It really is. Well, the other issue involved in this is the league policy was supposed to be now six-game suspension for first offense and an indefinite suspension and at least one year after a second offense. Where'd that go? I don't know. But it is it is sad. that And he's had no remorse, although the Browns in their press release today say that he has shown remorse. To who? To whom? Who has he shown remorse to? I'm sorry. I, I believe all these women. And please don't make this about race because I'm, I'm hearing that too. Well, it's because he's a black quarterback. No, it's because he's a scumbag. That's what he is. Ben Roethlisberger, what he did was awful to that woman in that bathroom. Awful. And he's white. So at least I'm being fair about the person having nothing to do with skin color. Anything else you want to add? Nope, I don't think so. Okay, on that happy note, what do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor? Just in case you missed it. The Rockies gave their best relief pitcher a contract extension. We'll get into that, as well as the sale of the Broncos compared to the rest of the 31 NFL franchises. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Just let me know if you want to go to that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls, huh? Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, over the weekend, the Rockies signed their closer Daniel Bard to a two-year, $19 million extension. Bard was arguably the Rockies' best trade piece, but the front office decided to extend his contract. Uh, Was this the right move? Yes. We can sit here and be so cynical about the Rockies, not give them credit for anything. At least in this case, they did one thing right. I don't have any problems with keeping Daniel Bard. For the same, 
The, the people who are criticizing keeping Daniel Bard are the same people who criticize signing Chris Bryant. What's the point? I understand Bryant hasn't been healthy. If you have a chance to have good ball players, why not have good ball players? Why do you have to keep trading him away? And Bard's a tremendous story, a guy you can root for, having yeah. come back from a lot. Yep, I agree. Yeah, wearing the 52 last year kind of painted on his back of his jersey when he was trying out, or two years ago, during the, during the pandemic. Um, so yeah, good to have Daniel Bard back in the fold for two more years. Uh, just in case you missed it, the Broncos were sold for $4.65 billion, and that figure places the franchise at number 10 on the Sportico list of all 32 NFL franchises' estimated values. Are you surprised that the $4.65 billion price tag places the Broncos only 10th, and was the sale price a bargain? Well, I think it means it's a bargain. There are a couple of things that jumped out at me. Also, the Rams, Stan Kroenke's Rams are number two behind the Cowboys, and there's just a huge gap between the Cowboys and the Rams. That's kind of interesting to me. So, okay, L- let's look at the top five teams. I'll tell you what they all have in common. Go. Who are the top Dallas. five? Dallas. Okay. Los Angeles Rams. Okay. New England Patriots. Yep. New York Giants. Yes. San Francisco 49ers. Stop. Okay, now I'll give you the numbers on them. Who's number one? The Dallas Cowboys. Okay. America's team. And a huge stadium that is a, a metropolis and a shrine to Jerry Jones's ego. That adds value. Number two. The Los Angeles Rams. Brand new stadium. SoFi Stadium. Number two market in the country. Number three, Bob Kraft's New England Patriots. Boston market. Top five in the country and a championship team. Number four, New York football Giants. Number one market in the country and a stadium that is, what, maybe eight years old? Number five, San Francisco 49ers. Top five market in the country. And? Well, you can go down and down, but what do those markets have in common? The bigger the city, generally speaking, the bigger the corporate money. And that corporate money will be willing to spend more for corporate suites. And a bigger television market certainly helps. And And oh, by the way, Dallas is what, a top seven television market? And as the sale of franchises continues, this this list probably will, will fluctuate too. No question. Just like quarterbacks contracts. Denver is a top 20 market and they have an old stadium. That's what they have. And then you look at all those other places, newer stadiums and much bigger television markets with far more potential corporate partners. The Seattle Seahawks are 12th, though. They're pretty close, and that's the Paul Allen Trust team. That's fine. The richest ownership in the NFL. Okay, that's fine, but they're not top 10. They're close. Well, we're we're looking at the teams ahead of the Broncos. Who's sixth, by the way? Chicago Bears. Chicago, and they're going to wind up getting a new stadium, and it's Chicago. Anyway, what do we got next? With the trade deadline looming tomorrow afternoon, the Milwaukee Brewers have traded their all-star closer Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres, sending the most dominant reliever in baseball, some would say, in recent years to a team that has really struggled in late-inning situations. Uh, Are you surprised that the Brewers, who are in first place in the NL Central, would deal their closer to another National League contender? What's his contract situation? That'd be my first Uh, question. He's up after next year. Yeah, so I see that has a lot to do After next year or this year? Next year. Wow. Um, it just goes to show the point that I talked to Nolan about at the beginning of the year that the Padres are winners and they just keep adding talent. They want to win. They're committed to winning. That's why they got Machado. That's why they gave Tatis a big deal. That's why they're one of the leaders in the clubhouse to get Soto. They are committed to winning. Yeah, they've, they've certainly spent over the past few years, no yep. doubt about that. 
Just in case you missed it, the Broncos, they are getting a big time attention as uh, Terry put in our notes from national media, interest all over from fandom around the country. As in the days of Elway and Manning and, well, Tim Tebow as well, could their quarterback make them one of America's teams? And how much more national appeal will they have this year than in recent years? Probably. Peyton Manning did give this franchise a lot of attention around the country and a little bit of the America's team touch. But I think it's even heightened now. I think it was bigger under Manning. You do? Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. And throw in the rivalry with Tom Brady. But you don't think and that, that's what it really was. It was that rivalry. Because once Manning came to Denver, you knew pretty much every year it was either going to be the Broncos or the Patriots likely fighting for the right to go to the Super Bowl. I think the fascination with Russell Wilson is different, but it has some similarities also. I, I do think the bandwagon is, has gotten very quiet, crowded, and it's almost like a, a, a modern phenomenon. Peyton got, got into the Manning cast and all that after he retired. Wilson's seeing this, all this stuff while he's playing. I would say right now, I'll give you a team who's more popular than, than the Broncos with Russell Wilson, Buffalo Bills. They have Josh really? Allen. You think that? I do. They have Josh Allen, their team that hasn't won in a long time, and people want to see them finally win. And then you have, it's all about the quarterback. And Russell Wilson right now, and I'm not saying I agree with it, is not considered a top five quarterback in football. And if I'm being completely honest, he probably, he's certainly not top four. He's not Rodgers, right? He's not Brady. He's not Mahomes. You have a love affair with Joe Burrow, right? <laughs> I mean, it, Russell Wilson is a 33-year-old guy who hasn't played in a meaningful, meaningful game in, what, close to 10 years? I, I really do think that the, the national fascination with him is, is prevalent. Well, yeah, look at his jersey sales. But then again, his jersey sales are predicated on him being with a new team. And when you look at here, I'll put it to you this way. When you look at land mass, when you look at land mass, the Broncos have the largest land mass popularity in the NFL because they own the mountain time zone. And Nebraska. Right. Right. And South Dakota and North Dakota and for a good part of Montana and Idaho and New Mexico. They are a regional team. And they have history. But Russell Wilson doesn't have the same cachet as Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, Burrow maybe, Herbert, because he just went to a Super Bowl. If Russell Wilson gets the Broncos to the FC Championship game, I think you're spot on, but they have to get there. Plus, they've been down for the last six years, too. Okay. I think they'll get there. I hope. No, they're going to be eight and nine. I'm, whoa, I, th whoa, 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 I think they're going to be. They're I think going. They're going to get there. You told me. I think they're going to get there in terms of national fascination with Russell Wilson. Well, they're certainly on national television enough, right? Yes. So the, the networks have bought into Russell Wilson for sure. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have great specials. If you love wine, Bubbles and Box Wine, fifteen percent off. Of course, Argonaut delivers to the entire Denver metro area, and if you're Delivery is over 100 bucks. It is free. Stop by Colfax today and see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver five years running or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us, Nolan and Alex. Great job today. Same with you, Terry. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can. Yeah, but they don't.